everybody watching online uh we are in uh, well it's the week after easter so it's almost like a church hangover right 85 people here last week a little less than that this week yeah no i mean that's cool and the cool part was yeah we had a few visitors but i'm, I'm sorry guests because visitors are guests are welcome you know what i'm saying um we had a few guests but really it was just that people actually showed up at the, on the same day. <laughs> so long story short, this is what we're doing. Uh, I have a special guest I would like to uh, have share a little bit first. I want to introduce you to Mr. Harry Brabon, who uh, a few years ago was actually pastor of this place. <laughs> a few years ago, Harry? Was it? <laughs> um, I want him to share some stuff that's on his hearts for us and to bless us. So what I'm going to do is try to put him right about here. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to have him well, you don't have to, but we got to record it at least. <laughs> All right, so this is Harry, everybody. Come on now. I've never spoken to one of these things, so I don't know how it's going to turn out. And as far as this painting deal, I want to tell you something. When we built this building, we had volunteers, not only from the church, from outsiders. We had a, a fellow by the name of, uh, what was his name, <laughs> the Rogue Man. Uh... Rod Cota and his father-in-law. Merriman's gave us the best price on everything. They ran the power from over there to here all the time we were building. And Nicole, Rod Cota and his father-in-law put every, at no cost. Wesleyan pastor from, and from Lisbon, he and his boys put in all the, the copper piping at no cost. So if everybody shows up, it makes it easier on everybody. So uh, I can splash paint around long as I don't have to reach over my head. Okay, last, uh, for our uh, dinner that we had, Bruce brought up the fact that sometimes God asks us to surrender things or to give up things. And that's what I'm going to talk about first. I'll tell you a little bit about my life. I was born and raised in the woods outside of St. Rogers Falls. My father was a licensed New York State guide. My mother used to pack us all up before we got ready to get old enough to go to school, take us to the camp that my father was working in. So I was born and raised with deer hunting on my mind. I probably spent a third of my childhood growing up in the woods. So I finally got old enough. Well, I wasn't old enough as far as New York State was concerned, but I was old enough as far as my father was concerned. I got to go to the woods for a couple of years, and then I got to be 16. They bought me a rifle, and boy, come every weekend, I was ready to go. Well, that summer, Ida and I went to a camp meeting. Yeah, we were together way back then. Uh, I don't know how long she's been able to put up with this, but she has. <laughs> and uh, we went forward and gave our hearts to Christ, and then the problem started. There was two things that God said I should surrender to him, to give up. In the church I belonged to, then they kind of frowned on movies. Now, movies were terrible back then. Like, you had... Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, Hopalot, some of you people don't even recognize these. But these were cowboys that once in a while shot their guns. <laughs> but God said, are you willing to give that up? And, well, okay, we didn't have television or anything. But I guess I could deliver the help, yeah. Well, then the next thing, you, now this was just for me, not your deer hunters. I got no, you do what you want to do, I mean, but God said, would you be willing to give up hunting on Sunday? Oh, boy. There was two days that I was able to go to camp. And it was between Friday night, hunt, Saturday, and Sunday. I finally said yes. I wasn't happy about it. So, but then my mother came, kind of came to the rescue. She was the one that 
see to it that we went to church. If we objected to it, my father laid the law down because he didn't go. But So my mother let me take Thursday and Friday off. So Wednesday night I walked in, and it's about a three-mile hike from home on a Friday, or Thursday and Friday. Well, the brave bonds were noted. We had a camp when the best deer hunting in New York State. Every year for five or six years in a row, there was about eight bucks killed. They get up in the morning, and if there was snow on the ground, we'd all go in a different direction, find out where the most tracks were, and we'd go someplace where there wasn't any. I guess the figure was they'd been there, so they're going to be somewhere else. <laughs> well, this on Saturday morning, they got up, and they decided to go what they call the Rock Hill. I got to thinking the Rock Hill was uh, probably between three and a half, four miles in the wrong direction from where I was going to have to go out. And you always made a bunch of drives before you got there, so you're looking at maybe six or seven miles of walking. Then I was going back to camp and walked the four miles home, and I said, that's too much. So I told my father, I think I'll just clean up and pack up and go home. Well, I had a great uncle. Couldn't understand why. So I had to tell him. God had asked me to give that up, and then again, he still didn't understand why. I'm not going to admit that I was happy, because I wasn't. But I walked out, and back then, saw woods now, but back then, you could see for part of ways when you get out. And I see there was a car up at the top of the hill. I said, well, maybe I can get a ride for the last two miles. So I get out there, and there were some fellows that wanted me to take them and make one drive. I hadn't seen Ida since Wednesday, and I really didn't want to go. But I decided, and we walked probably oh, a little further from here to the lobster house. Went down a hill and back up on another one, and a buck come running out of the woods. And across, and I am the worst shot in the world, but God was trying to prove something to me. I shot and hit it, and when I went over to the seat, and I looked down a hill, and it laid there. And God said to me, Harry, you'll never give up more than what I'll give back. And I'd never hunted a Sunday since then. And I don't have any objections to anybody else. So to move on for a few years, I was a freshman at Roberts Weston College. And uh, I had signed up for a room in the dorm during the summer, but for some reason or other, my name didn't get on the list. So I had no place to stay, but uh, some friends of ours uh, from the old church said they'd give me a room in their house. And it was good, because it was right across from the girls' dorm, and I was a janitor over there. Best job I ever had. <laughs> you holler on the floor, man on the floor, and they would holler back, pick him up, don't let him lay there. <laughs> so I didn't enjoy that job. But anyways, I... Uh, wasn't making that much money, but this fellow was delivering the Democrat and Chronicle paper, Rochester paper, every morning <laughs> at 4 o'clock. So he said to me, if you want to deliver the paper, that'll pay for your room. He had an old beat-up car, a coupe, that he used for, for his carpenter work. His brother-in-law said it's the friendliest car in Monroe County. When you meet it, it's always waving its fenders at you. <laughs> and it was beat-up. Well, anyways... I had a permit, but I didn't have a license, but I said, 4.30 in the morning, who's going to bother you? And every once in a while, a deputy sheriff would ask me what I was doing. I just waved the paper. So this one morning, I had stopped, left the paper, and it rolled the window up, and somebody tapped on it, and it was the deputy sheriff. I wonder what I was doing. I told him, I delivered the paper. Okay. So I went over the hill, pulled it under the driveway, left the paper, turned around, come back, and, and they had disappeared. I thought, man, they got out of sight in a hurry. I had to go back down to the main highway, Buffalo Road, and turn left and go down there and leave a paper, and I backed up and I came back, and then went down another road, and they're right behind me. 
Well, they went by me, but in the meantime, there was another road I had to turn right on. So I turned right, and they said, he, they must have thought he's trying to get away from us. So the first thing I know, bingo, they're behind me. And they stopped, and of course, they wanted to see a registration and a license. Registration was easy. The license wasn't there. <laughs> so I told them I had a you know, permit, and I was going to take the test. And I didn't know at that time that it had been a burglar. And in the back of this car, there was every tool a burglar could use. <laughs> and so they wanted to see inside. And the key would not unlock the back of it. Then they got real serious. So I said, look, he, he tore out the inside of the back there so he could carry two-by-fours in there. I said, shine your flashlight in there. And, of course, they see every tool that a burglar would need. But then they had me out of the car, and we're standing there, and they're questioning me. And finally one of them said, uh, how much money you got with you? Well, I said, I think I got $5 of my own, and I was looking, I said, I got $7 of Tide money. What in the world is Tide money? I said, I don't make much, but 10% of what I make, I give back to God. And it was just like somebody turned the lights on, their attitude changed, and they started to walk away. I said, wait a minute, what do I do with this, these papers? Well, I said, deliver them this morning, but maybe you ought to get a license before you do it again. <laughs> God never, you never help give God. He got me out of that scrape. Now, I can go on and tell you a couple more. And this has to do with my sometimes ignorance in the woods. I used to have to take Mondays off. And, of course, there was nobody up home to hunt with. But I went up one morning and went over on the club we had, and it was snowing. I wasn't feeling that good. I walked across the hill and knew exactly where I was. And I find out I'm just going to stay on for a while and see. Have you ever been out when you could almost hear the snowflakes fall? It was just snowing that much. Finally, I decided, well, this is stupid to stay out here and get wet. I'll go into camp and lay down a while. So I knew where I was. I'd go down the hill and hit the swamp, fall the edge of the swamp. Well, I went down and I got down to the foot of the hill awful quick. And there was a brook. And I knew there was no brook there. But the only thing I, I rationalized is that it's been warm and it's uh, just an overflow of water. So, one of the ways further, and I come to a man trail. I mean, there were no tracks in it, but you could see, uh, you know, there were blazes, axe blazes on a tree, and I thought, man, oh man. I had no idea in the world where I was, trying to figure out who else would have a man trail in there but us. And I wasn't in a position where I should have found ours. So I get out the compass, which I never used, and the compass said I was going in the right direction. Well, I knew if I went far enough, I'd come to the outlet at Extra Lake, and then I'd really know where I was, and I'd be really disturbed. But I'm sitting there, and of course, praying, Lord, I don't know where I am. I'd look up one trail that way, look down that way, and finally I looked down that way, and it's just like looking at somebody turn the lights on. There was a rock down there, about six foot high. I had sat on it as a kid. My kids had sat on it. And the trail, our trail, main trail, the camp went right by it. Went around the corner, and it was only a five-minute walk from there to camp. Uh, and this hot hit me. That's the same when we look at Jesus. Jesus is the rock. And if we go in his direction and follow him, we're going to make it. God looks after us even when we don't know that we need to help. If we're sitting here this morning, we may have problems coming even tomorrow. He knows it already. One last or I can go on here forever, but I want one last one. This again is hunting deer in a snowstorm. 
And this time we were in country, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Deep Iron Mountain Range, Meacham Lake, and all that. Well, we're back in there on the Hayesbrook Valley with the camp. We had to get the maps to show us what we're doing, and we hunted with compasses. Well, I come down off in East Mountain, and I think it was my son and two or three other guys. And I, at that time, there was a horse trail or snowmobile trail that went from Mountain Pond to Meacham Lake, 28 miles long, and we hunted along that. So I told them there was a swamp between two hills. It wasn't very big. I said, if you guys, and it's getting dark, but I said, if you guys want to go down and send on the horse trail, I'm just going to go around that swamp. There's no tracks going in. I'll be right back. So I give them a few minutes, and they left, and then it was really snowing. So all I got to do is hit the swamp, go left to get around the end of it, and just keep going right. Come right back to it. And so that's what I supposedly was doing. And uh, I was sweating, so I always carried my coat and the compasses on the coat, of course. And I don't know to this day, I don't know what I did wrong. And like I say, it's snowing, you can't really see anything. And I'm going along, and I begin to think I should have been back to the swamp. And it's just like God said, okay, we're going to part the snowstorm. And he did, and I looked up, and I could see a mountain with a tower on it. And there is no tower on the mountain I'm headed towards. And so I just stopped. Then I put my coat on, got my compass out. I'm going 100% in the wrong direction. And the mountain I'm looking at is the bar. And if I'd have kept going that direction, they'd have been all night finding me. Because I wouldn't have had any idea where I was until I come to a road, and the roads are a long ways away. So God, he knew I was headed in the right direction, and only he can part the storms and stop them. There's been many interests like that in our life. I do not realize that when you get to be our age, you can look back and you can see where God knew what was going on. And I used to sit and fret, how am I going to pay this bill, I'm going to pay that bill. And lo and behold, when the bill came, there was money to do it. So if we're living for God the way we should be and we trust in him, times aren't always going to be easy. There's no guarantee of that. But God is there to just reach down. And when you make a stupid mistake, one more thing. You can't always believe what people tell you. I'm sure we've all been. And you can't always believe the instruments you're following. There is a, where our camp is on the old homestead in San Francisco Falls. There's a. 30 acres across road, I've been in there. I mean, back before it got to be woods, it was blueberries and everything else. So, and we make a drive in there. So I had a nephew and another guy who'd never been in there. So I lined them up and told them what direction to go with the compass. And I never used a compass, didn't have to. I always knew where I was. Well, anyways, we guess it started and my nephew was going across in front of me. I said, where are you going? And he looks at his compass, I'm going in the direction he said. So I looked at my, mine was on my galluses. I pulled it out and looked at it. Yeah, he was right. I was wrong. So we kept going. Finally, one guy shot a koi dog, and I was close enough. I could hear him talking, so I knew it was right. And then I come to the brook that I just crossed. At least I thought I did. And I looked at the compass, and I'm going 100% in the wrong direction. Turn around, and twice I came to that brook, and by then, we're on the radio, and the boy's asking me where I am. And I said, I don't really know right now, but I'll soon find out. So finally, I gave it up trying to get out of there, and just, I told him, I, I'm taking the brook going out to the road. And I kind of had figured out what it might be, but he already had. I had a radio where we could communicate in my pocket. When I'd look down here, bingo, I got to go that way. When I'd pull it out there, I got to go that way. <laughs> I was getting the wrong direction. That's the one other thing. We have to be careful in our living for God that we 
listen to others. We need help from everybody. But be sure that you know that the message is right for you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I feel like we should do that often <laughs> and just listen to the stories, you know. Um, Harry represents, he represents um, our uh, our legacy. That's what he represents. And, and I've said this before, guys. Um, we're sitting in every other people's sacrifice, you know, the way they built the building. And to have him be able to talk about that day, and, and Val stumbled across some cool media of that, which hopefully we display at some point. Um, we're going to do a nice thing with the pictures and, and, and honor. Um, we, and, and God is big on this. We do. We honor the previous, uh, the previous generation. We always honor where we come from. And so that was really nice to hear some stories from Harry and, uh, feel, feel good about getting lost in the woods a little better. Cause at least it's not just me. Right. <laughs> and so, all right, well, listen, I know, um, we got a little bit of time. I want to talk about something out of this. I want to do a little coaching. Um, that was a wonderful testimony. Really grateful to Harry. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about control in our lives. And I, I give you my promise right now. I'm going to share a few thoughts, and this is going to apply to absolutely everyone in here. Harry made some really good points, and there was a lot of truth. Now let me, now let me fill in the blanks and give you some ways to do that, okay, as we're trusting in God. Um, in the life of Saul, I'm not going to show you the story because this will save us some time. All those Samuels we're not going to do. There was a, guy, there was a king named Saul. And at one point, uh, these armies line up. Come on, this is you guys, right? This is us. These things start to come against him. And, and God had told him what to do. Wait for Samuel the prophet to come. There's a priest coming. He's going to do what needs to be done. Okay? Just chill. But it got later and later and later. And like he said, the bill came in or the doctor report, whatever it may be. Or she's still gone. She's not. Whatever it may be. And it, Saul decides to make uh, a decision. And what does he do? He, he, he makes the sacrifice himself. And lots of people, if you read the sermon, will say this. They'll say something like this. Uh, they'll say it's about fear or it's about impatience. I don't see that. You know what I see that that's about? I think it's about control. Do you see what I'm trying to say? I think it's about control. Uh, you look up Webster's Dictionary. It was a book we used to use, kids, not uh, on the internet. But anyway, um, control was this. The power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. I see Saul making a huge mistake, and, and, and it's going to echo through eternity because of, uh, of, of something like this. He says, um, he is saying like this, I want God involved, but I want it to be done in this way. So that's what I'm going to do. You know, let's not demonize the guy. It's not like he's running down there and doing it without God. He's just saying, God, you got to do it this way. That's what he's doing. And I want to tell you this, it's a control. Oftentimes in life, and Harry was mentioning this, you know, um, God brings something to him. And God will speak to you individually. God may tell you not to eat Doritos. Here's what you don't do. You don't get on Facebook and talk about how evil Doritos are. You do your job. Oh, come on. Hello. Amen. You got those kooky Christians that God's talking to you right now for you, and all of a sudden it becomes this thing? No, but you're responsible for it, and you have two choices, like Harry. Harry could hunt on a Sunday or not hunt. And what is it? It's control. But God, if, if I don't hunt on Sunday, I'm not going to get a deer. And God goes, <laughs> really? Boom, 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 boom. Here comes one of his deer for Harry to shoot. You'll never outgive God, right? But it's control, isn't it? It's control. So let's do Proverbs, please, the ones right after this. I want to give you some promises or time. You trust in the Lord with all that you have. What's your heart, guys? Your heart is your mind, your will, okay? And you don't lean on what you know about the situation in front of you. 
in every single way, from your, your pocketbook to raising kids, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. I told you this two years ago. The word acknowledge right there is the word yada in Greek. And let me show you where it's first seen. Genesis 4.1. In all your ways, yada him. And Adam, yada Eve, his wife. Let's go back a slide. So knew, laid with, was intimate with. Let's go. In all your ways, in all your ways, be intimate with the Lord God. Reveal it all. Share it all. Submit, surrender. That's what that means. It's not, howdy, it's not North Country, you drive and see another guy in a pickup truck and you acknowledge him. Right, guys? Don't we do that? You go, what, do you, what is it? You go up to people you don't know and down to the people you do know. Isn't that right? <laughs> I want you to think of it next time. Somebody, you, uh, yep, hey, hey. And then people you do know, it's the, come on, I saw somebody say that and it's so true. <laughs> some people get the one finger, some people get the two, and then if you get this, I really like you. Hand off the wheel? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about in all your ways, be known by uh, full disclosure, surrender. Isn't that the, the idea of intimacy here? So option one is to live every area of your life closely with God. You hold nothing back. Or the other one is this. You control it. So Saul had a form of surrender, but he still had his hand on the wheel, didn't he? Okay. So some things that we might struggle to control. Let me skip through this, guys. We cannot control other people, obviously. Knock it off. Whether it be your ex and all that. No, don't do it, okay? You cannot control other people. There's nothing you can do. Trying to steer other people's lives is actually something that's very much out of bounds um, in, in the kingdom of God. Sometimes, here's some indicators. Have you ever um, had to redo a chore because someone didn't do it right? Like maybe vacuuming or mowing because they didn't get the lines straight. Or maybe at work, you, you ask somebody to do something, but they didn't do it the way you would do it. So you go and do it again. That's control. Okay, guys. But here's the thing that seems harmless. But in the kingdom of God, tweet this in the kingdom of God, the currency is surrender. That's good. In the kingdom of God, the currency is surrender. And then we all know people that we would call control freaks. But I think we is all control freaks in a certain way, guys. Um, you know what? Here's the thing about control. Ready? You, 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 you think in your own life. The people I know in my life that, that struggle with controlling the most, the most control freaks in my life, are actually the most miserable people I know. Yeah, God showed me that. Boom. I was like, wow, that's so true. So ready? God is here to set us free from that, guys. Okay? Those in my life that are the most controlling are the most miserable because here's the thing, guys. You're doing a job you were never hired to do. Don't you have enough to do? Yes, you do. You have enough to do. You have actual godly things that you need to be doing and kids to raise and grandkids and the whole nine, but you're busy uh, controlling and, and taking on a job you never had, okay? Controlling is, is misguided. It's misdirected. It's even disobedient. Nobody's here to con condemn, but I'm not going to hide the truth, okay? Here's what you're actually supposed to control. Point number two, we're flying. What you're actually supposed to control, ready, is you, because the people that see are control freaks, you know the one thing they don't control? Themselves. Here's the thing. The most controlled, people, uh, controlled freak people in my life are the most out of control emotion-wise. They're swayed so much. It's, they're moody back and forth. And it's like, whoa, 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 honey. You're so busy putting your effort and energy over here when you're actually supposed to be controlling you. Because, guys, you can't control things that happen. That's what Harry's saying. They're, you might get lost in the woods. This, this, this might happen. You control your response to it. Oh, that's good. Man, anybody taking notes? That's fantastic. I got a bunch more of those, guys. I'm not smart. This is God correcting me, dude. That's what I'm saying. You're called to control you, guys. Absolutely. Well, they should. Well, he should. Stop it. 
You're only allowed to say I should. You get it? Oh, that's hard with our kids. My kids aren't even grown yet, but man, I can imagine when you see your kids. Well, they just need to. Well, if they would just. Your hands on the wheel, honey. Only one person can steer. Look, I get it, guys. We can all have a support group of <laughs> control freaks in recovery. Okay. Well, this is the situation. Here's what I'm going to do. Let's go into the personal thing here. Ready? I'm going to do something that's probably not going to be uh, popular, but I'm giving you this whole, whole way. In our lives, as opposed to controlling, give you something to look out for. Ready? Well, in this situation, here's what I'm going to do, or this is what I need to do, and all this sort of stuff. Most people would think that's fine, right? In the kingdom of God, if you're his son or daughter, okay, if you put faith in Christ Jesus, you become adopted. It's not, here's the situation, here's what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. Our reaction needs to be this. Here's the situation, Father, what would you have me to do? And can I tell you that that's where the road divides and the percentage of people actually following Christ is this, this big? Because what we do sometimes is we say, yeah, okay, we've got this intimacy. We want to start to have this yada relationship with God, but I'm still going to call the shots. You go ahead and interrupt me if it's that bad, God. Where our knee jerk should be, God, and nobody's condemning you guys. I'm telling you in my life, this is a lifelong struggle, but it's, here's the situation, Father, what would you have me to do? That's how you stay out of control. That's it. And everybody's going to go like this. Not everybody, but most people are going to go like this. No, because that requires a level of trust and intimacy that, I mean, that's hard, guys. Father, would you have me to hunt today? Is it this job over here, Father God? I, I get all the details. Like you said, watch the voices you're listening to, said Harry. But Father, what would you have me to do? Let's look at this slide from Corinthians. This is a church in Corinth. And Paul is teaching them, and he says this. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? Holy Spirit resides in you, whom you've received from God. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your time, your talent, your treasures, by giving him control. And guys, this isn't popular. You won't see this on some, uh, on some TV shows or, or popular radio things and t televangelists. We're, you're bought with a price. So really, right, Bruce? It's, it's, it's when I'll tell you a story in a second about me, me tr looking at this home I wanted to buy. It wasn't about that anymore. It's, Father, would you have me to? Otherwise, it's me firmly holding the wheel. Only one person can steer. I'll tell you a story real quick. My ex-girlfriend and I were going, and my buddy Greg, we're, this is back in college, so 20 years ago, can you believe it? But we were driving, uh, we were driving to the mall in Plattsburgh. And they had these ornamental knives for like $10. I still have it. It's awesome. And we're driving. And she's driving, which was a rarity. But it was a real dark night. And this guy was walking right next to the road. And he was wearing dark colors. Guys, can we use some common sense here, right? Well, it looked like she was going to manslaughter this dude. So I go like this. I grab the wheel and turn it. And she lost her mind on me. Don't you ever grab the wheel. <laughs> it looked like the old Looney Tunes where it was, and there was these symbols flying out. Remember, like, Tasmania Devil? And she was a pretty reserved little girl. That was the only time she ever screamed at me. But here's what she understood. We can't both drive. We're going to crash if we both try to drive, correct? That's what it comes down to. Let me show you. Let me give you an indicator. You ready? Only one person can have control of your life, you guys. And we were bought at a price. And guys, it was two weeks ago. Right, Bruce? Two weeks ago, we saw him on the cross. That was the price. That's a, that's a hefty, hefty price, right? Control. You ready for this? How do I know if I'm controlling, AJ? That's a good question. You'll know if you're controlling, and it's out of bounds, if you're carrying the burden and the responsibility. Oh, that's good, right? Let's do it, Brian.
<laughs> she goes, ah, <laughs> I love you for your honesty and transparency. Jesus says this, take my yoke, boom, to do work. Yoke is to do work, right? You don't, you don't leave your oxen out there with the yoke on, do you? No, only when it's work time. There's work to be done for the kingdom. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke, my yoke, my responsibility, mine is easy and my burden is light. You'll know when you're trying to control when it's not easy and it's not light. Boom. There's number three. Bow, bow. That's how you know, guys. How do I know if I'm controlling? If you're stressing about something, then you're, you're controlling it. Everybody's just nailed right to the wall, including me. When I'm in charge, that's how I know. If I'm carrying the weight of anxiety about something, that means I'm steering it. And that's really good wisdom from God. Ever been affected by something that's outside of you and, 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 and maybe you see, say the way someone else does things or, or, or things like that and it affects you? That's control. That's why. Here's a hint about personal control of situations. If you're constantly saying to yourself, you've got this mental list of, I've got to this, I've got to that, I've got to this, or I've got to maintain this, I've got to that, that's a control situation. Just be aware. Just be aware. Okay. Next paragraph. What you understand that will help you not control is this. Results are always God's business and not yours. That's what you have to understand that will let you go of the wheel. You cannot and you're not responsible for the results in your life. I'm looking at the career changes that have taken place over, over the years. I'm looking at medical things we've gone through, the jobs. I mean, okay, your job is to control you, do what he's called you to do, but you do not control resu results, okay? And it's a simple mind switch. Here's how I said it. Hang with me, guys. We're not doing too bad on time. You need this, people. <laughs> I don't even know who's watching and you need this. Here's what I said in college. My, my classmates hated me. First off, I went, I bought textbooks my freshman year. Don't do this, kids. Don't do this. But it was like $300. And I had worked for that money. And I was like, never again. So I never bought a textbook ever again. Never did. If I really needed one, I bought it from, borrowed from a classmate, went to the library, whatever, and I graduated with honors. Boy, that chapped my professor when I told him. I didn't know he'd be so mad. But my classmates hated me because here was my... Here was my idea. You ready? Everybody said this. Find yourself in this, guys. If I don't study, then I won't pass. If I don't pass, I'm not going to get my degree. If I don't get my degree, I won't get a job. If I don't get a job, I won't be happy. Control. Janet Jackson had a song about it. Nobody in this place probably knows. <laughs> here, was my, here was mine. Ready? If I study, then I, I believe that I'll pass. And I'll pass. Blah, blah, blah. So here, here's, here's control. If I don't do this, Bill, then this won't happen. Here's letting, God, here's letting God steer. If I do it, he's in charge of the rest. I just got to do my part. Do you understand that? School. Lexi. If I do my best, God will do it and he'll have his way. I did my best. Boom. Done. Everybody else. If I don't, I'm never going to. Whoa, whoa. That's a lot of control, don't you think? Right, Britt? If I get in this interview and if I don't this and this and this and this and this, I'm not going to get this job. And God's going, where do I fit in all this? You got a firm grip on that wheel, don't you, Tonto? What's our next slide? Because uh, don't, huh? White knuckle. <laughs> In his heart, you've got plans for what you think it should be. You do. You think you, right? You got your own little plans and find out this, this, this. But actually, who determines your steps? So chill out and get your hands off the wheel. Like Harry said, Harry's looking back and telling us these stories. And was God there in that snowstorm? Yes, he was. Was God there hunt abs with every single thing? But if Harry had fought with him, no, I know what I'm doing. But out. You know, I gotta hunt on Sunday. Then, right? The story changes. You've got this idea for plans, but the Lord will determine your step, guys. Um, 
Is that Proverbs? Yes, it is. Be, next slide, please. I got to get through this. Okay, so, so they're talking about how to do things in life. Ephesians 6.13. It says, you put on the full armor of God. You do what you can, guys, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, guys, here's what you do. Just stand, man. Every interview I've ever gone in, I go in there, I do my best, and then I leave stress-free. Why would I, right? And I've gotten jobs I shouldn't have gotten. And boy, I've not gotten jobs I had every right to get. But it wasn't me. My job is just to stand. I, I would love if we had time to tell you the story about the day I got fired for being late. And on the way there, I made an egg sandwich. <laughs> I'm already late. And you know what? This, uh, there's other details that, that, that doesn't <laughs> never, ever. Anyway, two weeks later, I was in England for the next year and a half with my music career. So who knew? Olive Garden or that. Okay. One other thought on control. Um, one, one thing that will trip you up. Let go of how you think the journey's going to look. Because what we do is we firm up our idea of how things are supposed to look. And when, when God uses a different route, we think, this isn't it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, there was a huge stirring in my heart. We lived in a, a, a pretty small house in Potsdam. I was very grateful for it. I loved it. Right, Mom? I said, I can't believe we own a home. I was like that. But we had Alex, and he was about a year old. And I was like, oh, this is not going to do. We had no yard. It was right on the main road. And I just wanted more. Well, one day... I felt this stirring inside. Sometimes I feel like God gives you the desire of your heart to steer you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Trust in the Lord. He'll give you the desire of your heart. It doesn't mean just fulfill. It means give you the desire to steer you. So I was like, babe, we should look at it. Now, she'd been looking at real estate for years, but I was always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I was like, will you look for some real estate? So she found this place six minutes outside of, I don't want to give you directions to my house, weirdos. <laughs> my mailman's daughter's right there too and my actually my mail person technically aren't you she knows don't tell anybody no but we go to this place right some of you have been there and it's a really long driveway you cannot see the road it's woods 360 and actually i've got this built-in thing where you come up over and it goes uh <laughs> at least that's what happened in my heart when i came around and it's not it's not the greatest house necessarily. It's a very basic, in my opinion, house, but the woods. And I was like, oh, and I'm very, you know, hippie, but um, ready? So we put an offer on the house, contingency to sell the one in Potsdam. No big deal, God. You'll come through. You help me sell the house, right? That's what you're going to do, right, God? That's what you're going to do, right, God? <laughs> right? You got this? You got this? Nope. Somebody about four months later puts in an offer with no contingencies. I don't, I don't know what you know about real estate, but you have a, we had 72 hours to buy the house, contingency be darned, or lose it. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and, 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 and <clears throat> seeking some advice from folks, because that's what you do. You listen to wise counsel, even says Harry, right? Someone said to me, they said, well, don't you think if, I mean, if God wanted you to have that house, wouldn't he have sold that other house? Oh, I don't like that very much. And another people were like, well, actually, I sought wisdom from other people. It didn't go the way I wanted. And because I had my, he my head set on, this is how God will show me. Guess what? I almost lost that house. But I called a real estate person and a banker and my, my Christian arm-in-arm -arm counselor and realized, guys, you can rent that house and you can still own that house. So a year later, now I have an asset that's doing really well for me. And it's now we're four years later. All right, God actually wanted a double blessing for me, 
But guess what? I never would have had it because it didn't go the way I wanted. Now, I sit in that office all the time, and here's what I hear, counseling. This isn't how it was supposed to go, AJ. And here's the problem. I love you all dearly. Who said that? Oh, you did. You're reading out of the book that you wrote, and you're going to call failure. You're going to say God's not doing his job, right, Bruce? We put our finger in God's chest and say, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And God goes, who said that? Who said that? Really, was it, was it Moses with his 40 years and then another 40 years? And was it Elijah who sat and laid down? And which one, whoever had a very straight, comfortable, predictable path in their walk with Christ? Not a single one. Even Christ, I mean, he may have known it, and he did, but he even displayed to us, Father, if it be, you know, can you have this cup pass from me? Get it? In other words, don't, don't ask for rosy slippers when you sign up because you were bought with a price. But buckle up, God will never leave you or forsake you. But guys, you can sure screw things up if you've got your hand on the wheel. Right? It's true. Absolutely. I got one more thought. I got one more thought about this. Anxiety is the mind's way of telling you you're seeking control. Uh, uh, uh. Okay, so one of the problems with leprosy back in the day was they couldn't feel pain. So you could break an ankle and not know it was broken, and guess what happens? Just grinding up in there and terrible, right? You couldn't feel. Your body's way of protecting itself is showing is giving you pain. Hot. Take your hand away, dummy, right? Pain is good. Anxiety is that inside of you. Anxiety is your way of going, stop worrying, dummy. You're controlling. It's good. Pain is the way that body tells you something's wrong. Anxiety is the way the spirit tells you something's wrong. If you're anxious about something, that's what's happening. Let go. Let God. Right? It's good, right? Be not anxious for anything. Do I have that? I've been skipping through. Be not anxious for anything, but through prayer and petition with supplication, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, well, guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah! Did you see that? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so I read it to you, but there it is. So here's, here, ready, ready? Does anybody like to cook or bake? Yes. Watch this. A little bit of prayer, petition, thanksgiving. Present your request to God. When it comes out, you're going to get peace of God. This is actually, in, this is a recipe. You understand that? And this peace of God that will come out when you do this every single time because of who God is, it will transcend your understanding. It will guard your heart and mind from anxiety and control and fear. Boom. And it's bigger and better than you'll ever, ever understand. But you've got you've to do your part. Prayer and petition, thanksgiving, you present it to God. And when you do, can I do this? It's no longer in your hand. You present it to him, and then it's not yours to control to have anxiety, to have any fear. So we're going to close it down, even though I wanted to say one more thing. I'm going to do it. Too bad. Sit, sit tight. Here's the thing, though, guys. Common sense-wise, everybody agrees with everything we just talked about because it's godly wisdom and we know it. But I want to warn you of something. Seven years as a counselor in, in this position. Tonight, we're, we're going to sing a song called Surrender, and we'll leave it running so they can hear it, too. Um, we're going to do that. We're going to bow and we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to submit and surrender and say, Lord, I have been trying to control, blah, 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 blah. When God breaks the power of things in your lives, I want you to understand something. Very often, the habit will still remain. Okay? So we're going to do this and you're going to get breakthrough today. But part of what you can do is understand, okay, when I go to bed from 10 to 1030 is when I do my worry time. So tonight, 
God's going to break the power. If you, if, you do, if you bring it to him today and say, Father, I don't want to be so tempted, to, he'll break the power. But the habit will still be waiting for you at 10 o'clock in that bed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get it? Or if you drive to work, if that's when you choose to fill up with anxiety, it'll be waiting for you tomorrow. You have to make a different decision. God will break the power, but you make different decisions and say, whoa, I broke that. I'm not going to give into that anymore. Do you understand? Okay, watch this. You want to know something cool? This is going to be obnoxious. When you break the power of something, when you forgive somebody, right? When you say, I'm giving up anxiety and control, what's he doing, AJ? I'm saying this. You can't unring a bell and you can't unhit a symbol. So if today, if you say, Father, I don't want to control anymore, that's ringing a symbol. Bang, it happened. Tonight, you go and you sit in your bed and it's waiting for you. You go, whoa. You can't unring it. I made this decision. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you ever forgive somebody, write it down. Because then when you're tempted to put them in prison again, you go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I made a decision with my will. Doesn't that make sense? I actually, didn't I talk about hanging a bell in my, in my office? Because people forgive really horrible things. And, but, but once you choose to forgive it, then you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, previous AJ made that decision. Current AJ, not, put, not going back. I'm not going back. So if you decide not to do this control and anxiety today, ring it. We're going to sing. Ring it. I surrender to you, Father God. Then tonight when you're tempted to do it all over again, say, whoa, I rang that bell. I, I, I'm not, that's not who I am anymore. Does that make sense? Be prepared. Be prepared to fight that. So let's do this, man. Um, we're going to sing a song and we'll walk through a prayer uh, online. I would encourage you. Today's the day. Give up this, uh, this pattern of control and, and we're going to give surrender to God because he's good. He's so, so good to us. Simple declarations today, simple choices. Giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my King. Giving you my dreams.
are so tired of sitting on that treadmill like a hamster just running on that treadmill of worry, anxiety, and fear. And now we know, Father, from your word and from wisdom, it's an attempt to control. We're done with it today. We surrender to you today. We rang the bell, Lord God. We hit the symbol. We made that choice. Father, we ask through Holy Spirit, give us the strength and determination to not take it back from you. Us in the present made that decision. And it's going to make our future so much better and easier and give us so much more of your peace. Because you said it passes understanding and it guards our hearts and minds. I'm suspicious that what you mean by that, Lord, is that you guard our heart and mind from us. And we made that decision today, Father. We seal it in the name of Jesus Christ, because greater are you who's in us than you who's of the world. And when that habit's waiting for us, Father God, we're going to just say this. We're going to say, greater are you. Yes, Lord, greater are you. And we can do all things through you who give us strength. We made that decision today, Father God. We ask that whatever need to be done in the physical be done. And please guard our heart and mind as your word says. We thank you and love you. And, and again, we just surrender. And I, I surrender all to to you. 
burden is light and that you love us so much that you want us off these treadmills. We receive your healing and your power in the name of Jesus. We live, love, and worship. Amen. All right, everybody, have a great week. Thank you for joining us online.